Okay, welcome to the Punch Touch Podcast. Real fans, real talk. We dissect, dive deep and discuss juicy bits of gossip and news from the world of boxing and MMA. I'm Coach T, I'm your host and welcome to a crazy ride of adventure. Real fans, for the fans. Let's go! Hey, it's the Punch Touch Podcast. It's the Punch Touch Podcast. Welcome, welcome everybody to another fantastic episode of Punch Touch Podcast. Yes, we're back again. It's the Free Horsemen this time. This is season three. Yes, season three. It's been three summers since we've been doing this. And this is episode five. The title of this episode is That Choke Is Not Funny. Now, I've said that for a reason. I've said that for a major reason, and we're going to go into that. And that reason is to deal with what we saw in the octagon with uh, the main fight and the co-main fight. And and that, that choke was not funny in both regards. But before I get into that, let me get into this. Welcome, welcome, riding shotgun again. Well, it's not more of a shotgun. It's more like one of those trucks that have three seats in it. And who we got in one of those seats? We've got the farmer. How are you doing, brother? Good day, good evening, good afternoon, and I welcome all my viewers. I've been a hiatus for a little while, but I'm back, and I hope to be enjoying this show today. I hope everyone's well, and that we continue. Yes, yes, yes. Always a pleasure to have you back. And also, riding as well in this three-seater cabin that we've got is the Professor. Welcome back, Professor. How are you doing? Salam alaikum, my brothers. It's good to be back. I'm very excited to be talking about a great card. And I have to add in there, Coach, to at UFC, we've actually got four submissions. I know three submissions on that main event to chat about, and all of them were fantastic. What a part of it. But good to be back speaking some awesome stuff with you guys. Yeah, good point. It is a good point. You know, they do say that certain things come in threes. <laughs> yes, yes. And before we get into um, the main... The main meat of this, and, and, and when I say me, I am including, you know, whether those that are vegetarian and love a bit of corn and, and stuff like that. Nevertheless, I'm talking about the main filler of this is about the UFC. But before we get into that, let's talk about, um, and I've spoken about this before in a previous show, but I haven't had the, the pleasure of having these two gentlemen's opinion. Fury versus Paul. This fight that happened not too long ago. Um, I mean, it's the fight, it's 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 not super relevant news, but nonetheless, I'm still curious to know um your two opinion, gentlemen, about this fight that took place with um uh Tommy uh, TNT Fury, but uh, his I think his stats may be a little bit different to that that TNT title there, and versus um Jake Paul. Obviously, Fury won on points after being knocked down with a jab. Um, first of all, Professor, what did you think about this, mate? So, uh, for the listeners out there, I uh, I probably followed I followed Jake Paul way prior to the boxing era, um, and Tommy Fury's probably come up more on the social media influence, influencer hype. So my take on this was probably a little bit different and jagged to the boxing purists out there. So please do not um, throw me out with your pitchforks just yet. But th- there's a couple of things to take into detail here. 
Obviously, they have drawn in a lot of bums on seats for this, okay? Um, it will put a lot of other promoters on blast um, with how, well, not say how quickly they got it done, but in certain how how well they've marketed it, advertised it, and so on. The other sort of dark lying underbelly of it all is where it was hosted. And uh, you look at other sports which have this sort of debate with this, which is obviously the fact it was done in Saudi, um, that they're trying to promote sport to hide the issues with their human rights laws. Um, so if you get into golf a little bit, you've got something called lift golf at the moment, which is trying to poach players from the PGA Tour to, fight, to play golf on, on there. Um, to sort of hide the facts of their issues with human rights laws. When you're getting two guys within the boxing arena, they'll happily do it and pay money and chuck money at it to get the right people there. So if you look at the people in the crowd, you have Ronaldo there, you have loads of different people there type of thing as an example. Um, today, like Bron Bomber turned up, Tyson Fury, all that type of stuff. But in terms of the actual fight itself, um, I was a bit disappointed with Tommy Fury. I think he should have put on a better performance being the fact that he has only done one thing throughout his whole career other than stepping on Love Island, right? And so for me, if you are a practitioner of that sport for that long a time in any martial art, you should be able to put on a display of dominance regardless of the opponent in front of you, especially someone who has only done it for potentially looking at three years, max four years at a push, you see what I mean? Mm. That's that's a fair point, and I, I do agree with what you said there. They uh, this event has got the old school promoters, the old guard, so to speak. It has put them on blast, definitely, definitely. With regards to, I, I wouldn't really call Eddie Hearn an old school, but he is cut from that traditional promoting cloth, and it's he's it's, mate. What they've done, the money that Tommy was able to generate, is money that. A lot of champions do not see in a lifetime of their blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, what's going on? What's going on? Um, Farmer, have you got anything to add to that? Um, I personally think um, Professor was very kind. I thought it was um, a very lackluster fight from Tommy Fury. It was a completely Fury, a family Fury puresque, um, um, purist fight. Punt is not watching an 1890s fight. Punch three times and uh, grab and hold. Punch three times, grab and hold. Um, rounds four and five, he was a bit decent. Um, you can clearly see the, the limitation of um, Jake Paul, but he had power. That's one thing. He, he The guy sits on, he got a lot of power and, and he, he has an equalizer. But as a spectacle, wasn't great. Um, I'm glad he won. You know, I seem to sort of warm to him during the week. But um, but one thing um, you said earlier on, Coach T, and, and to be fair, professors always echo this: the boxing promoters around the world need to take take note of the future of the um, YouTubers, the uh, influencers, because they're earning millions and millions of pounds, and they're not proper boxers or whatever. And yeah, promoters need to start waking up. Yeah, 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 definitely. They they do. And um, yeah, I, I mean, the, I think the right person won with regards to the boxer versus the novice. I mean, in a way, I think both of them are novices, really. Um, I think Fury is a is a novice and a baby when it comes to the purest of the sport itself. And even so, uh, 
he he for me he did win he did win slightly convincingly and that was due to his experience of using tricks and the tactics that you've mentioned there farmer the hitting and the holding his punch selection was much better and refined than Paul's but nevertheless I do feel that Fury Tommy was at his max to deal with Jake Paul I mean what do you guys think I, I think the thing is what I struggle with coach see every time is again I, I revert to obviously my, my, my preference in terms of Martial arts, we say, is obviously jujitsu, right? And I know you obviously have dabbled in it yourself. And anyone listening, they may understand this. But if you, they're both at a young age, right? So we're not talking someone who's past their prime or anything like this. They're both young guns, same height, same weight, same sort of weight. Um, I think Jake had a slight reach advantage. I can't remember which way around it was. Might be Tommy, not sure. But if you had a practitioner, jujitsu practitioner, who was a black belt, who's been doing it for 10 years, right? It was at the grand old age of like, 22-23, right, take on a guy who's only been doing jiu-jitsu for three years, right, you would see that black belt wrap that guy up within less than two minutes, yeah, at a push, yeah, and for Tommy to not display that within, bo- within his boxing skills, because it's not as if the guy was a recruitment consultant for the last 10 years, and he's only done boxing now for the last three years because of his name. <laughs> <laughs> And if that's what you're displaying at the highest level, you should be putting on a dominant display to say, shut the fuck up, you YouTube losers, and stay, stay to your YouTube lane. Yeah? He didn't get anywhere close to that. You know what I mean? A couple of good rounds that could have gone to Jake Paul, let's say, let's say it swung the other way on a couple of the other rounds, it would have been a very close match. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, final question. Um, where does, where do both fighters go from here? Like, like for example, Fury, a little bit more um straightforward than than Paul. No, no, sorry, not straightforward, but a little bit more of a of a choice of a path for um Tommy. Does he just stay within this lane of celebrity type of fantasy, mysterious viewing type of watching of this type of form of boxing where he gets paid a lot more than the average journeyman that will put their life on the line, or does he? Still carry on with the purest side of it. Where does he go? Do you want me to go far more? Do you would you want to join me to ship? I will I do a rematch or in an error of six, seven million and um go for British title and that's his job low. He'd have probably left boxing under 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 the um Jake Paul's banner with probably fifteen to sixteen million. And if he fought five fights on the domestic front, he'd probably earn hundred thousand. So I do a rematch. Couple get a British title if he can and get out. If he can, that, that, that's if he can. That's his limit. But earn the money. He's going to earn it and never load the shed load of money on the rematch. And good to him because, as I said, promoters you need to get your head out your asses now, gents. These these um young men of a young generation who understand the art of entertainment because it's entertainment, isn't it? They they understand it really well. And uh, I, people say they're geniuses. I don't think they're geniuses per se, it's just a time, and they've used it, and uh, the, the old guard, you need to get rid of them, put a big broom, get rid of them, and uh, I'm starting to sway a little bit, and, and to be entertained, and I'll tell you now, Mr Mayweather, you could have learned from these two as well. Well, yeah, that's a point, did anyone see, obviously, the dramas of the unpacked arena of the night before, we fucking dirty short, Geordie Sean, though. Mm. It's mental. I think the issue being with these promoters at the moment is that all of them have come and been brought up from 
let's be real, cash in hand, ticket sales, yeah, we'll get this all sorted on the door afterwards type of thing. And anyone, any marketing agency has ever approached them saying, hey, we can get you more sales. They've probably been bitten by it or burnt by it, should we say, because it hasn't generated that much income. And now you've got platforms which are technically free, yeah, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, right? And they are getting more eyes on views with it, yeah? They, I could probably put money on it that Jake Paul probably generated more views for his YouTube and social media channels than Sky, Boxing, like all of those TV channels put together, right? Because he knows how to work and he knows how to market well, yeah? Whereas all these other guys are always going to play patch up to them because also he has less limitations, yeah? Certain broadcast channels you can't swear on, yeah? Or oh, apologies for the bad language and they'll bleep it all out, yeah? Jake Paul can get on there and just say fuck, 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 fuck 30 times and not get censored, yeah? And it's more raw and more real. So until they start to accept that marketing has definitely changed from a business aspect and you can use those social media platforms more wisely and know how to use it correctly as well, they're always going to be playing a chasing game. Um, and I can see why. I'm not surprised the YouTubers aren't making their own sort of, like I don't know, Mayweather promotions, basically, to overcome them all, to be honest. Hmm. Yes, yes, there, there does definitely need to be a, a catch-up here now to get with the times, especially when it comes to marketing and, and connecting, yeah. connecting with your market, because there's the, I think there's a loss in connection here with the old traditional method from, from the old school boxing promoters. Just under 800,000, Coach T and Professor, pay-per-view, pretty good. 800,000, that's 200,000, yeah. 200,000 short of what the UFC did over the weekend, a million. That's not bad, is it? For and two guys, two great. guys, yeah. They say half millions, brilliant, very, very good. Eight, just under eight hundred thousand. That's impressive. Very. Like, it sounds stupid, though, Coach. Some of these promoters are put in positions where social media really helped them grow their presence. Yeah. Look at the Eddie Hearn memes that go around the out of context. Yeah, I'm sure you must have seen a few. You know what I mean? And mm. he's already got this database of following just for the piss take on him. If he had a, if he used his social media profile correctly, I think all of us would love to see. Oh, here's the contract we sent across the AJ. What a load of shit this is! Yeah, I'd be all over that. Yeah, I'd be well interested to see that type of thing. Yeah, do it. It's all too like, oh, this is prim proper all the time. It's like the times have changed. You need to catch up. Hmm. Do you know one thing that I'm noticing here, gents, is um, when it comes to marketing now, especially. Um, this this type of celebrity YouTube boxing type of thing. What I'm noticing is that part of that connection, part of that that attention that they're getting is, I think people have bought in and are interested at the personalities. Yeah. They're not really they're not really looking about who's got the biggest jab or or this or this particular punch. Even though it's boxing and a jab and punching power and stamina and combinations are all part of it. The people most of that that attention is not for that, it's for the actual personalities. They want to see these personalities clash with boxing gloves on. But, that's, but then to sales 101, people buy from people, yeah? Mm. Like, don't get me wrong, all, all of the purists want, obviously, that ultimate, ultimate fight. Like, I, again, after the conversation, obviously, I'm going to want to see Frank Ngannou versus John Jones. I want to see a bit of smack talk between the pair of them, Yeah. But it's the same thing time and time again, even with the UFC guys. If you're quiet, not doing much, and they're quite boring, yeah, why am I going to watch you fight? Mm. 
Mm. It reminds me of that UFC character that changes personality to get more more attention and to be more um viable it was um what's his name uh, he fought uh the nigerian nightmare he yeah. fought him yeah he literally changed his personality to get into the spot guess what he's done well he's made fucking well good bank off of that yeah mm. that's right that's right i mean it works man <laughs> it works it's 101 right as a boxing promoter, right, I've seen so many, like, amateur shows with interviews where they try and play this all stoic, hard man type person, yeah? And I'm like, why the fuck am I on an amateur show or, like, an amateur show with some pro pros on there, yeah? Going to be utilising you to sell tickets, yeah? Because if you can't bring me at least a decent bit of chat to a conversation, yeah... Like your reputation as the big bad wolf ain't gonna go down well because people are just thinking, oh, what? unless you're getting like superior knockouts and cleaning people out in like 30 seconds, it doesn't work well. Yeah, you've got to be entertaining, that's the whole point of anything in these days. Yeah, no one buys from the choir, man. No, 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 not really. It is, it is, yeah, you're right. The, the, the most successful quiet person is usually a hitman or hit woman, really, nowadays. Yeah, it seems to be the only thing. Uh, and that's that's boxing, and you know the future for them. We're, we're yet to see that. Obviously, Paul, I, I do think that Paul's going to carry on doing what he's doing because if it ain't broken, why does it need fixing? Just drink a prime, and you'll be fine. <laughs> you got a cheap bottle going? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I might, I might get some coconut water and some Kool Aid and make my own though. <laughs> the cheap bottles, um. Um, professor is not far from where you live, mate. I went and got some the other day. It's a spa um, petrol station in Winford Road. Yeah, they're down there, are they? Yes, they are, my friend. <laughs> About that, then. Last in London, I got charged. I got offered. I think it was fifteen pound. I think it's a bottle. I was like, what? <laughs> what is this? That's crazy. That is crazy. Fifty quid. Oh, I was going to tell me Fury, by the way. If I was in his shoes and wanted to make as much bank as possible, I would do what the pools and everyone else is doing. Is I would, if I was in his shoes, I'd call out Tommy Bailo. Yeah? Yeah. I'd call him out with the whole shit that he said, oh, I don't think Tommy Fury's any good. Yeah. Sorry, Tony Bailo, not Tommy Bailo. Tony Bailo, I'd call him out because he's past his prime. He's kind of semi-retired, basically. Or even David Hay, for that matter. Yeah. Like call out one of these other guys who are past their prime, who probably like it and get enough money in the bums and seats. And that would that would help Tommy, probably with his career, a lot more than him trying to go down the pro pro circuit. Even though he wants to be, I would be whispering in his ear saying, look, dude, you do that, you can be made a fool of and your your, your story can be cut very short, very quickly. Mm, that's not a bad uh, strategy, actually. I quite like that one. Plus, you get the credentials of fighting another pugilist of the sport. Yeah. But it's yeah, but it, it has that uh yeah, it's, it's almost in that grayish area, isn't it? Like a cut from that um Jake Paul model. That's that's not bad. I think that's a quite a big risk and it can really backfire badly, but could do. Yeah, he was very, very lucky. I mean, as coach um as professor sorry, as Professor mentioned earlier, I mean, another another half decent round from Paul, that would have been a very, very close fight. And he and, and he did get knocked down. He got knocked down. It was a, it was it would have been a very close fight, and he was under a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure. But yeah, do the re, do the rerun, and then you know maybe not get a stronger pay per view, but 
do the rerun and build up again. You know, have a decent because um, let's be honest, the money was made by um, Jake Paul. He has that following. You know. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he was bankrolling it. To be honest, I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if I saw Fury jump into WWE. That happened, um, and then Logan even said he wanted to fight Tommy Fury as well. Oh wow, look at that! That's disrespectful. They're all coming out of the woodwork. Jesus. Yeah, but they got, like I said, they can put bums on seats. That's the draw, the draw that they'll have each and every time. Hey, we can put bums on seats. Yeah. Uh, and don't be and don't be surprised if KSI there and Buddy, so-called hatred mate, is 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 involved as well. I could see KSI giving um Fury a good fight, mate. Yeah. Oh wow, that's oh my gosh! Really Listen do. to the words you are saying. Oh my gosh, it's that mate. <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm very not that I disagree with you. I'm just very surprised that that you are actually mentioning another YouTuber that could give yeah Tommy Fury problems. That's deep. That's oh, fucking deep. For any, any of our purest listeners out there, definitely have a reflection on some of the old podcasts when, uh, again, Mr. Change's tone like the wind, basically, direction was there, like his YouTube, the, the circus is in town, and now he's there saying... <laughs> right, I, I need to correct you there, um, Professor. Um, seven, to t- uh, t- seven to 12, I, I, I came on this air and I agreed. I said, now I, I've agreed with you, the Professor. If you listen to the show more often, you would hear that I gave you Oi. praises, uh, um, Professor. But obviously, you were in uh, your busy at university being Professor. So, get when you leave the, when you leave the young dorms alone and come out, you would have heard what I said. Yeah, I am explaining a little bit, but I don't like it because it won't last long. Let's be real; it won't last long. It'll be a little fad. But um, um, but but we're talking about Tommy Fury. At, earning millions fighting youtubers come on we're, we should be talking about because we are we are a lover of boxers about championships he's not a championship material um and um jake paul missed a big opportunity to take a fury name regardless if it isn't tyson but he, he could have taken a fury name um, and shut some of the furies up because they were very very um open about what they wanted to do but yeah you know fair play to him they're making millions and the Saudis are propping them up because yeah. it wouldn't have happened anywhere else, I don't think. Coach T, I could put a quick different, not say a spin on it, but something quite similar to the situation. Yeah, yeah go ahead, go ahead. What's on your thoughts? What do you, what's your guys' thoughts and feelings on this, right? There's a there's a pro box obviously near me, which I'm not naming names in the slightest bit, so obviously I, I, don't, I don't know. He, I can grab him and cuddle him up to death, but that's it. Um, he's gone and set up a GoFundMe page. Right for his expert, his uh, outgoings within his boxing career. Right now, when you look at this individual's social media profile and in terms of sponsor shout outs, it's minimal. Yeah, once a month, things like that. Do you think it's right that us, the public, should be funding pro boxers just for them to not really even promote themselves? I think personally, I think it's okay. Because he's not forcing, he's not forcing people to give their hard-earned money to him. And also as well, if they like his personality, then without the people, whether you're a YouTuber, an influencer, or a, a cage fighter, or a boxer, without the people, you don't get paid. So for me, this is just another version of that. 
in a, in a more of a maybe in a more of a different type of brutal fashion, but it is still another version of the people get, you getting paid from the people. Well, my version is if the product's okay and it's edible, why not? If he if he's got the personality as coach, he says, why not? Everybody else is doing it. But he's not. But the thing is, he's not promoting himself. Yeah, he's just saying, guys, can you just pay for my I don't know my medicals. Yeah, I'm a pro boxer. You to fight. If you could help me fund this, that would be great. If not, no worries. And the way that I kind of look at it is, if you want to become a professional or want to have this dream, sure, you'd be going above and beyond everything that's in your capabilities to get that funding in. If you see what I mean, not just be like, can you just donate me some money, please? I agree with you. I agree with you, Professor. I agree with that ethos. I I think that that is something that I definitely 100% agree with. Nevertheless, nevertheless, everyone's different. And I do feel that if if people like his personality, then he has it as an option. If he's likable and and if someone likes him, then why not? Then join his bandwagon financially. Yeah. You know, if they don't, then they don't like you, innit? And then it maybe is, you will it, need to it do It sounds what Professor saying. He's got a bit, obviously, lack of know-how. He needs a manager. He needs someone to promote because he's probably, it doesn't sound like he's using the tools correctly as everybody else. But, I mean, he's obviously in, in a situation where the finance is not that great and he wants to achieve his, his goal. But it was all down to money, isn't it? But why don't you um, promote him, uh, Professor? Why don't you sort of manage him? <laughs> Because you have the know-how, you've got a bit of knowledge. I, I do you know what this is the funny thing, Farmer. Is many years ago I offered the opportunity to sponsor him and deal with his nutrition, his weight cuts for that. To which he said, "Nah, I just need the money, mate. I'd rather you just pay some of my bills." Was his response, and that was years ago. Okay, well, that's interesting. So I'm trying to bias towards it, but is he's not the only person that I've seen do this. There's other obviously different situations where. I've seen jiu-jitsu athletes set, set up GoFundMe's to pay for their transport to go and compete in different countries, for example, right? Are you paying for accommodation? It's like, well, you obviously train a lot. That's great. But it's not as if you can't do other jobs on the side to put that funding together. You know what I mean? That doesn't need to be, like, hard labouring or taxing. Yeah, go work in a call centre. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, there's, there's lots of things you could be doing. Mm. Yes, there is. There is. I think there's an infinite amount of things that someone could be doing based on their capabilities but of doing Professor, it. Professor, because obviously I know you quite well, your your language is of an old school upbringing. The younger generation of your, around your age and maybe below, don't think like that. Yeah. They don't think like that, unfortunately. They haven't got that way of thinking. Cause the, the modern day space age we're, we're in at the moment, it's it's... Go fund me, Jesus Christ. Um, influencers, um, YouTubers. Um... Yeah, but then even the influencers, Farmer, let's be real. They, like, it's, a, it's the same discussion I have with OnlyFans people, right? When people are, oh, OnlyFans is wrong. I'm like, well, no. If you, There's people who do OnlyFans just to think they can make a quick buck. But people who are doing well on it put time and effort into it. Yeah, mm. they've got lighting. They've got sound. They've got videographers following them around. They've got an editing team. Yeah. And, put... and big breasts. Go yeah, too. So, but the idea being is that it's, it's treated like a full-time job yeah like it's no easy route for anything no one gives you anything for free. like you've got to work your nuts off to get somewhere and the expectation i think is certainly higher than most generations i don't know hmm. mm. 
Well, uh, you're, 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 you're talking to I know Fogey here, and probably um, Coach T's not that far behind me. We, we, we've come from that different generation who just got a graft, don't you? Don't yeah. say our, don't say don't say our, our um, generation. Is, is, you know, is right, but we our ethos, our, the way we think is just different. I mean, I don't think how you got young generation think, um, uh, but I'm out. But some people can say I'm out of touch, um, because I'll probably I'll, I'll swim 10 miles to, to earn to earn a crest where young generation take their speedboat. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so that's it, just that times changing and stuff like that, and just being finding slightly more efficient method, yeah, yeah, yeah. it is an efficient method, and and. Come efficiency, we can go on along about all morals and tactics. But yeah. I, as I said, I'm, I'm stuck in the mud. I'm stuck in the mud with my way, and it because it works. I'm happy with it. But, I'm happy, you know. I'm happy to clock the car and do a day's graph and get me money. Something. That's the thing, though, farmer. If I'm honest, I know we're getting a little off a tangent here, but the idea being is, if I found that there was a speedboat method, I go great. I'll go repeat that again and again and again until it runs out. Yeah, not just go stop. Oh, I'm done now. Thanks. Cheers. Bye. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry, Coach T, it's a bit of a diversion on that one. Yeah, but still, it is. Um, I think it's quite a point that you've made there, and especially with regards to nowadays, you know, um, things of convenience. Um, convenience has really taken over nowadays. Um, I mean, just to have a little bit of a take a little step back and have a look at it now. I mean, videos have gotten a lot shorter. TikTok is based on lack of attention span, but at the same time, it takes your attention span. It's quite ironic. Little things happen. People don't use dictionaries as much anymore. People don't spell as much anymore because they got spell check and certain things. There's many, many ways of speedboats, as um, um, Farmer would say. And sometimes a speedboat is good, and, and sometimes a speedboat can take away from your learning and your due diligence. True. Very, very true. I'd be a very, very big advocate of that and say that. Things absolutely atrocious now, all these type of things. But to your point, though, Coach T, with all these new technologies now, you could get a fan base in a completely different country and that they never meet you in person. Yeah. Yeah. And yet, yeah. These, yet these boxers and obviously these fighters and stuff like that don't utilize these free tools. Yeah. What we're talking about here. They, they don't get charged for YouTube. They don't get charged for TikTok. They don't get charged for any of these type of things. Yeah. And yet they just still refuse to try and utilize them because. Oh yeah, I'm not a tech person. I'm like, how long would it take you to figure out TikTok? Let's be real. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah, you're right there. You know, you you could get a number one in China and be a multimillionaire, and no one doesn't even know in in the country you reside in. Exactly. Mm. Like to take all the Welsh guys, for example, and say, "Oh, we're middle where we don't get a fan base." Yeah, you could have a fan base in the south side of Australia. Yeah, like without a he hesitation, because you've got that easy connection now. Yeah, it's mental. So. Anyway, mm. speaking of <laughs> speaking of mental let's jump into the ultimate fighting championships and i haven't spoken about this on on um on the show for a hot minute man oh my gosh ufc 285 sunday the 5th of march happened at three o'clock silly o'clock in the morning we saw the return of the goat some would call him some. I'm not mentioning some names. Some would call him the cocaine goat. But this man, as well as his partying and driving fast cars and maybe having Barney's with partners, he he definitely um, he definitely did his thing on the main event. And we also had uh, the women's flyweight co-main event with Valentina Shevchenko. What a, what a sexy hit woman she is, man. 
um, versus Alexia Grasso, and we had the welterweight of Jeff Neal versus Shafkat Rakhmanov. Oh, what a fight! Great pronunciation, coach. Get in there. <laughs> Did you like that? <laughs> yeah, let me put my teeth back in. <laughs> yeah, so let's um let's talk about the main event first of all. John Jones out for like three years, and he wasn't just out. Like there was all sorts of fuckeries and shit before he was out he, he was going through a lot of shit I, I remember saying to the farmer that at the moment the only person that seemed to be defeating john jones is john jones yeah. um crazy and he versus a, a a point scoring a point fighting extraordinaire cyril gain or gone um mate i've i've i really thought gentlemen I really thought this fight would be Cyril using all of his weapons to keep John Jones away, which is very, very, very hard to do. But at least he is a great striker. Like he's not a bullshit striker. He's a very decent striker with with all his extremities. To be honest, very good striker. Did not go down like that. I mean, John Jones got two for two in the regards to takedowns. I mean, there was only there was only ten significant strikes from John Jones in the whole fight. Ten, like Cyril Gone only had eight, and, and only got six of them. I mean, shit. Oh, mate, I, I, what I saw, the way John Jones dealt with him, it was so clinical. The grappling, if you couldn't see ex- the intricacies of what was going on, it was quite boring. It was that simple and calculated. Clean, no frill shit. Like all efficient. My God. And he and he took he said, Cyril down. He said he was gonna do it. He did. He yeah. did. He he just he just he just grabbed hold of him like a like an angry obese child that was taking the piss in Liddles and just, just dealt with him. It doesn't surprise me one bit, Coach Tay. And the reason being is that John Jones has fought point fighters before, right? The most yeah. If you wanted to, what what you saw on the week, the shortened down version of the Loyota Machida fight. Yeah, where we all remember that lovely highlight rail of him putting him in the guillotine, not the exact same one he did with Cyril Garn, right? And just put him asleep. Just that standing guillotine in it. Yeah, put him asleep. Awesome. One of the best finishes I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Like, I had no, no, that it was going to happen. Um, but if I'm honest, the only thing I was highly disappointed with is that John Jones did not do his typical bear crawl over to Cyril Ground at the beginning of the match. I was hoping to see it him crawl on over like the black beast that he is, and he didn't do it. But that was my only downside disappointment. However, the thing which I think a lot of fight fans are going to be, when I say disappointed in a negative way about, is that for three year hiatus to only see two minutes and four seconds is a little bit like, ugh. It's like bigging up to your girl, isn't it? And then you're giving a two-minute performance. It's not going to go down too well, is it? There you go. There you go. And you took a blue pill. Imagine that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't see it like that. I, 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 yeah, I hear what you're saying, but the, the, the point is, a three-year hiatus, John Jones should have been rusty, should have been scared. You put on, what, nearly 40-odd pounds. You know, that, that, that there was a legacy performance. Um, and unfortunately, he, 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 Cyril Gan and the UFC have whetted his appetite. I honestly believe, and I, I do like Stipe. I think he's going to absolutely destroy him. 
Stipe. Yeah, I think he's going to destroy Stipe because now he he he's he's got his legacy. Remember, um, the great Jet, um, Santa Pierre came back and he beat um. I mean, I didn't rate him a bit of Bisbin, but he did it. You know what I mean? He came out of retirement and he beat him, and that sort of thing. And he sort then he retired again. But he had he had some what's that medical problem? JSP had um that skin thing. Uh, I can't remember what he had. And he beat Michael Bisbee when he came out. And John Jones is going to beat the man who beat the man. So he's going to beat the greatest heavyweight of all times is Stipe with his record. Oh, mate, his legacy. That was a legacy return. That has cemented legacy. Whether we, if we look back in four or five years, don't remember the fight, but we're going to remember the, the record book. Man was out for three years, not just fighting at 205. He went up from 205 to 250, argument's sake put on 45 pounds to get that weight and fight a natural heavyweight, a big, powerful man, and beat him in two minutes. That's legacy, man. That's incredible. Mm. I, I, I do disagree with you with regards to him destroying Stipe. And if he does destroy Stipe, it's going to be because Stipe is durable and we'll see more. I think we'll see more. I, you know why I think I Stipe is going to you know present more of a challenge. Yeah, do you know why I say that? Because every time he says a certain thing, go back in the archives of the interview, when he actually says he's going to do something, like his return fights on all of, I'm going to do this, he does it. Mm. And way, the way he said it, I am going to give my all. And I'm telling you, Stipe, stop your firefighting and start training. Then he's at the end of that interview, he said, I'm going to beat him. I'm going to stop him. And, I, and I, I'm sorry, viewers, if you listen to this man, I, I, I'm not going to change my mind. I do believe he's a psychotic individual. I really do. He's a psychopath. But he has that utter confidence and killer. And he will be brutal in that fight. He knows he's going to have a, a com, um, committed to Tipe, but he is going to really hurt him. I'm mem- please reverse, review this back, mate. He is going to put a performance of brutality. And I don't think it's going to go through four rounds, he reckons. I reckon he'll take him out in the first two rounds. Wouldn't surprise me at all, Farmer. Do you know what uh. reminds me of what he has? Is what of, um, Kobe Bryant obviously had his nickname before. Yeah, the Mamba, the Black Mamba mentality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All happy, clappy, all happy for the fans, all thanks to Jesus Christ, all that type of stuff. But everyone knows, knows watched him over the years. He has that glint in his eye. Yeah. It's dark as hell. Because he doesn't it's... fuck about. He don't no, fuck about. No, he's not. And that, John, that interview, I've rewinded it several times. And the way he looked tonight, it's just the way he said it, Coach T. And he's done that before. And he did that. I tell you who did that with, but he did it with Venom. Was um, He's a commentator now. DC. Uh, DC. And what did he do? Let's be honest. DC will give any heavyweight problems. Remember, he beat Stipe. DC, yeah. do you know what I mean? We need and, to they him, and they beat him well. Yeah, and we need to get in perspective. You know, DC, but what did he do? He took DC easily. Do you remember the interview, Farmer? Oh, DC would say, I was spitting your face. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, it got really dark. Yeah. Oh, no, you won't. I will kill you. Yeah. He switched in the middle of the interview. You... Yeah, he did. It was, okay. it was weird. It was like, if it was like watching the American Psycho. He, mate, yeah. I'm telling you, that guy's not wired right. <laughs> I still to this day laugh at the burglar who ran in on John Jones's house and then John Jones ran out with a shotgun of all things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. <laughs> oh, you know, he, he, uh, you know, all joking aside, I, I, just, I, I mean, I, Stipe, because 
we have an, uh, and I've got an allegiance to him. He's a firefighter and he's a nice guy. I do like him. I just see a dark, wicked devil, Satan, coming down on that day. It's, it's, I do. I, 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 in fact, I, I, I fear for him. <laughs> Mate, the way you said Satan just did a Satan. <laughs> like, I tried to do it like Zero God. Like, I got choked out. <laughs> Oh mate, hey, 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 come on now, don't laugh. The, nah. That choke, that choke is not funny. Oh, oh. <laughs> like you get a sore throat for days on it. I can assure. Yeah, you. he went to hospital, didn't he? Like, yeah. Did you know that? Brush windpipe, I imagine. That yeah, was... he got. He went. He went to hospital. I don't know if you're aware of that, Coach D. Yeah, he was administered in hospital later on. I'm not surprised because he he was determined not to tap. You know, he tried his best. Well, let's be honest, Coach D. You know this obviously from the experience. Guillotines, like you. Yeah. The thing is, it's not it's not always a blood choke with them. Do you know what I mean? Most of the time, you're crushing someone's windpipe, and so it doesn't take much to alleviate it because you've only got one hand to deal with. You can't ever do like a single hand guillotine like the right position from where he was. So it wouldn't take much to get around it. But especially with the pressure where the fight was taking place, championship fight, you think oh, I'll be able to get around it, but by then your just windpipe's gonna get crushed basically. Mm. And and remember his the leverage that he had as he was pushing the back of his C spine against the fence, chin down into the crevice of the arm. That was cranked to the max. That was nasty as fuck. He is he's vicious, mate. And he's got that horrible smile. The thing that it really opens up here, and this is not always this is a bit of a hot topic and stuff like that, is that if John Jones is happy to stay in the UFC because he would have got paid some bank for this, yeah. Uh-huh. Francis not stay to be able to make this super fight happen. Be, be real. Francis would go against John Jones. I'm not saying the technical caliber would be equal. It could be if the time's right, right? In terms of Francis building up his skills, we've seen him, ha- he has learned very quickly against Stipe second time round. Um, but the idea that John Jones then has to deal with someone who could literally KO him at any second with that death touch. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's like the final boss type thing, which would then, it would just cement that legacy just through and through. And there would just be no one to even question. GSP wouldn't even get come, come the conversation. BJ Penn wouldn't come come the conversation. Chuck Liddell, all that type of stuff wouldn't come in conversation because JJ would be there with technically his undefeated record. Yeah. And then every single bad motherfucker on the planet and destroyed them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that would take it to like 30, that would be like what, 30 fights, almost 30 fights undefeated. Yeah, that's it. That's incredible in the UFC. That that's madness. Uh, and what? And not uh, six years out of it. Some of it's banned. Some of it's self-imposed. Six years out of the game as well, mine. You just go. You know, he's what? He's old. Is he thirty odd years of age? Six years out of the game. Mm. You know, we've been banned and, and, and you know, self hated Wow, incredible. It wasn't as if he's doing this since he was eight years old. Do you know what I mean? Like a lot of the young guys coming up for it. No, well, I'm no. going to say, yeah, he did because he had he's got two superhuman brothers. Well, the, the, the NFL, NFL, and it, no, because the, your article is dad encouraged him to fight. So you had you got three three super genetic freaks, you know, three genetic freaks in the household. Just he's constantly training. You know what I mean? You're wrestling against freakish brothers who are just phenomenal athletes, not the average yeah. cat. He he was he was priming, mate. He was priming. I don't know. I just read this on Wikipedia. So apologies if anyone can hear this. He he went undefeated in his amateur record. It was six and zero in three months. Oh, 
three months. Was that no? Hold on, is that no? He then signed with the UFC. So hold on, that would have been his pro MMA debut. Yes, so that would have been his pro stuff. Six and zero oh in three months. That's crazy. That's crazy. And yeah. that, and that's all good. But let's let, let's hop, let's hop off John Jones's dick now, okay? <laughs> Come on now, let's stop spitting on it. Let's hop off now, and <laughs> let's deal. Let's deal with the women, because this was a good fight. This was a this was an upset. The women's flyweight co-main event with Valentina Shevchenko versus Alexia Grasse. Oh my gosh, what a fight! I mean, like we got like uh, Alexia. She got to like three hundred and eight total strikes, and one hundred and eighty-two of those landing. There was there was there was fireworks in this fight, and um, I mean the takedowns. Valentina, I think she she kind of swayed the fight because she didn't like what was going on in the feet, and she she took her down four times out of six, and and it worked. It, I, for me, I had Valentina up during that fight. And it was mainly because of the, the ground control and the groundwork and how she was able to nullify the heat that she was getting when they went toe to toe and standing. What well, Alexia, she's a dog, you know, she is a dog of a fighter, very aggressive to the point on the first couple of rounds, gents, I don't know what you guys think, but I felt that she was almost too aggressive in the first couple of rounds because she kept on getting caught in the takedowns because she was just really just just going into it, not not really catching her balance, falling into her punches as she was trying to remove Valentina's head top. Great fight. Loved the way that she, she took the uh, opportunity the minute Valentina made a bumper clock mistake, the minute that was a spin kick that didn't work, mate. So close to doing that. I didn't understand why she did that. Well, I mean, it was round, it, we, we are talking like round four. It was round four, so she's not fresh. They're tired, they're fatigued. Maybe if she'd done that first couple of rounds, it would have been a lot more sharper of a kick, maybe mm. even hit the target. But this is round four, and she's been getting peppered. You know she didn't like the fits in her face. <laughs> she didn't. She didn't, man. That's why she reverted to what was in her skill set, and it was working till uh, Alexia just decided to, to choke her out. Great, great finish. No doubt about that. I was, oh, I was just for this point because I, I think um, Valentina was just get get that her, her timing of takedowns are fantastic. We got to give her credit to that. Her, her yes. timing was beautiful, and she oh, she just kept arranged. She'd have won that. It wouldn't have won it pretty, but I think she would have won that fight. Mm. But um, but you got to say Alexa, what a great performance in that. Her finish was sublime. That that timing. And soon she turned her back. She was on her and oh. wrapped her body, right legs around her and got her to the ground. That was a, one of the fantastic finishes. When he broke it down and explained it better when you, in the week I was watching it. And when, actually, when she said she trained and time, it was a timing. Um, and it was perfect execution. Perfect. Oh. Against, <laughs> let's be real, not just in the, in the male, in the females, in the male, one of the best fighters in both Sex sports, mate. She's that good, Valentina. That's a great performance, Alexa. Great. Mm. Mm. What do you think, Professor? What do you think of of the way Alexa, uh, Alexa? She it reminded me of um the way Sterling will grab her back. Uh, how, how do you feel she did in that fight? Oh, the jiu-jitsu was fantastic from Matt Spencer and the grappling. Like there was a great picture, I think, of uh, <laughs> where um, the original rear naked choke was more on a chin. Uh, where she was squeezing so hard, it was—it literally—it was a white stripe across her face and mouth. Where she, 
And then he got readjusted to underneath the chin. I think the problem being here, gents, and like I said, we've all seen this before with multiple people, is that Valentina went into that fight to defend her belt. Yeah. And she had that mentality of like, Alexa has to take this away from me. Mm. Yeah. She didn't challenge it as if the belt was on the line. Right. And we've seen this with multiple fighters where it's like, hey, I've got the belt. It's their problem to come and get it. And they didn't treat it as if to say the belt was on the line because I felt Valentina was overly confident in her ability. Right. And I'm saying this as if I'm like better than her. I'm not meaning to come across like this, but she hasn't brought anything new to the table for quite some time, right? In terms of her style, in terms of her performance, mm. so well rounded across the board. And now this isn't the first fight. The last fight nearly didn't go her way either. That's she, true. And she's now being sort of caught out with it, if I'm honest. And so as within this sport, and I'm sure the listeners will hear about this, is that how much we are all massive fans of it. It's the case that sometimes some of us want to see the downfall of some people. And it, it's, it was kind of a time to start, well, not say stepping down, but it was going to happen at some point. Do you know what I mean? Um, it's it's really, really tricky because, again, fantastic fighter from through. She will, she will cement herself in, in the legacy books, especially, obviously, for taking on people... Um, oh, who was the other lady that she took on who was heavier than her? And it was always quite close. Um, Nunez. Yeah, when she took on Nunez, which is back in, dear God, how long ago is this? Oh. Going back through here. Um, that got cancelled, that got cancelled. Where about here? Where is it? Yeah, Amanda Nunez, that was back in 20... Well, hold on. What was that? Yeah, so she did that back in 2017. And even then, people thought she should have won. So kudos to her. Fantastic legacy. I just don't see it being that more productive from her from here on out. I could see it. I, I could put money on it being a losing streak, if I'm honest. Like like the downfall of Max Holloway recently. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm. Yeah, I agree with you to a certain extent there, to be honest, Professor. I, I still think that she's such a well-rounded fighter that maybe she's almost rested on her well-rounded laurels so to speak like i mean at one point she was taking people out with with the crucifix like how dare you that, that oh my god like they like moves like that are not not regular moves yeah. <laughs> that shit's not regular man <laughs> so no maybe maybe like i said i'm not saying as if i know absolutely everything from the fight game part of me feels that if she was stuck in a static training camp Mm. long period of time she would evolve as a fighter and be even more deadly but based on what I know of her and her camp that she's got around her she's constantly bopping around the world which is kudos to her she's in that position to do so but I don't know if having that bopping around the world lifestyle is really refining her craft if that makes sense and she's just doing keeping up to the high standard of which she's set herself and has been for many years and now I think people are starting to unpick it a bit more more fights you have, the more tape there is, the more you start to see holes. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Her, her resume is excellent, though, from people like Jessica Andrade and, and you know, um, Kathleen Chukagan. And, like, she's, she's fought some really good people. Jessica Ives. Like... Surely after the last fight, she only had one fight in 2022 against Talia Santos, and she nearly... Um... I personally, I thought Santos won that fight. Really, personally, I thought Santos won. 
that should have been the rocket up the back so to kind of go shit right i can't be resting on my laurels here and that i'm that good yeah it, it somewhat reminds me of the athlete who from a young age has a very good natural response to a sport yeah and it's then trying to convince them that hey you've got to look at your snc a little bit more you've got to look at your nutrition a little bit more your lifestyle and that type of thing and you can go that much further but because they're so gifted at what they do they end up not putting as much time into the other stuff and it's don't get me wrong some of them do do it but you kind of think how much more could better could she be because people are starting to understand her yeah and that's well, I, I personally think it's her age. I mean, this this lady's record in fighting is the best on the planet, mine. Yeah, it is. It, Holly it's... Holmes, Amanda Nunes. No, no, that was no, insane. No, no, yeah. no, not, not in the mixed martial arts. I'm on that. She's a judo champion. She's a world kickboxing, world mm-hmm. taekwondo. She's a professional boxing record. You know, she's phenomenal. Type Mo Thai, Mo Thai. She's in a record of a world sport in fighting. Is, is second to none. So I honestly believe it's her age. She's 36. And I think it, the age is catching up on her. Because I, 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 you know I mean, Coach T can probably tell, tell us a bit more about this. Um, sorry, not Coach, a professor. On, on women's age, I'm, I'm a strong believer of that. I believe when they get to a certain age, they slow down. We've seen a Nunes a little bit and a few others have slowed down. Joanna, they all hit that mid-30s. They, they're not the same fighters. That's, that's across the board, isn't it, though? Both genders, that the older you get, the slower you, you're going to be. In, in some aspects, well, some aspects, but I just feel it more in women. Some of the men can hold it in the mid to late 30s, haven't they? We've got a lot of champions have done that, haven't they? And we've had, beyond, we've had um, the Brazilian guy in his 40s. You know, um, I don't know. It's just, I just think you look at a resume, European champion in Taekwondo, European world champion in Muay Thai. Um, these are, these are con- judo, um, boxing, a couple of boxing, professional boxing, kickboxing. This, this one's off the scales, mate. No well, wonder they call her the assassin. She's, she's well-rounded, man. She's incredible. So you imagine all doing those separate arts, for many, many years, it's gonna. You can't keep doing that. No, I get that. And the thing is, is that she's like I said, she's she's what first record was back in two thousand and three, right? And again, like she's done so much, obviously, with different things. And the, as a female at that age, I'm not saying obviously what what women should be doing. Obviously, on International Women's Day, we're recording this, but it will come to a point of those other sort of discussions about having a family, yeah, settling down. Yeah and obviously diversifying with that like look at Joanna Young Jacek for example she retired purely for the fact that she wanted to have kids yeah like those thoughts may cross her mind because in the day she's obviously made good amount of money from this otherwise she she never see her talking about fighter pay in the slightest bit which is interesting yeah and it's now to the point of what more has she got to accomplish she's defended the belt she's fought Amanda Nunes twice she's defeated other world champions like Joanna Young Jacek one Jessica and all, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, and topple, do you know what I mean? And be like, she could have retired in her last fight. Do you know what I mean? So, do you know what, guys? Thanks enough. That's it. But based on what Farmer, um, what you were saying there, Farmer, as you. Hello. Yeah, sorry. I get, uh, yeah, hello, yeah. hello, hello. You still there? There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Based on, um, based on the, the, the fine exploits that you, you, um, let everyone know about what she's done with regards to different combat sports across the spectrum. I get the impression that she maybe she's not retired because she actually likes fucking fighting. Maybe. 
this is someone this is someone that likes combat sports isn't it I personally think the reason why she's not retired guys is that after this fight she had won she would have taken on Nunes she wants Nunes' fight because I personally think she definitely won that second fight I don't know how the judges gave that and Amanda Nunes and Amanda Nunes now is also a bit um, suspect I mean because I spoke to um, Professor about this she kept going 145 135 you can't keep doing that and she was kind of wanted. So this is a great chance. I think she, um, um, uh, uh, Valentina to get her revenge. But unfortunately, there's Alexa got in the way. <laughs> <laughs> and, and choked her fine ass out. Um, speaking of chokes. And similar songs on Amazon Music. Is that, there you go. That's Alexa. Alexa there. off. <laughs> you stay there with alexa she'll be sure she'll be recording you and your missus private conversations (laughs) you stay there Uh, speaking of um choking now remember the name of this episode that choke is not funny it's not funny when it's happening around your windpipe and crushing your your voice box jeff neil versus Shavakat Rachmanov. What a fighter he is. That was oh. a bang bang affair. What for Ooh. me that was fight of the night. Yeah. What a bomber blackberry tart of a fight. We got Jeff Neil 15 and 5, Rachmanov um 17 and 0. I mean the, the strikes oh. in this fight were under 200 oh. each. But I they know. were they were both going for it. Um one thing was interesting that um uh, Shavkat he went for four takedowns and didn't get one. Interesting. Yeah, I think the fight in general was absolutely awesome from start to finish. Um, my biggest concern at this point is the UFC putting him out to dry too soon because of this record. Yeah, it's like when I, I think of it as in, in the boxing terms, when someone's got high record without any any losses to it they start chucking to the lions too soon and it ruins the build-up for them um and part of me feels that yes jeff is a great open door open it's obviously some of the more top top guys obviously within the welterweight division however i would just i don't want to see him destroyed like they did with a lot of other ufc fighters yeah um things are kind of sage northcutt is a good example page ranzan for example yeah i'm not saying the guy couldn't handle it I just don't want him to get ruined and become the next Darren Till four years down the line. Yeah, we mm. out of the UFC. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I think I think I, I don't know about. I think he, I think he's brilliant. I think he'll give any. I think he's going to be well. He's going to be champion very soon. He's tough, but he took way too many punches. Yeah, yeah. He's going to get you. He's he's one of the best boxers in the UFC. Mind. He's, he's striking. He's, he's a good boxer. I don't know if you know that. He's a very 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 good boxer. Watch yeah, very good boxer. Very, very good boxer. But yeah. it's not as if he got other good boxes in there. But I think that, that, well, that the one comical thing I did see someone was saying the uh, rear naked choke they did remind them of a bouncer on a night out type thing. So it was a very weird position for him to get the choke from. It was like stood top. He wrapped his arm around the guy's neck as if he like kicked him out of the nightclub. Like, yeah, but he maintained that power. Was it round four? Round three. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he maintained it, man. It was just, oh, great fight. Really enjoyed that. I, I love to see him fight. Um, who's the, the Swedish um, Chechnyan? Um, oh, oh, come on, help me out, guys. A Swedish guy. 
Hamza, I love him to fight Hamza. I love that. I love to see them two fuck up, go at it. I think they would. It would be good. I think the concern that they would have is like how close the fan base is, and if you're there, you probably want to want to put the same fan base against each other. Do you know what I mean? Like they'd rather have America versus Brazil or a Europe, Sweden against a Brazilian type thing. For them to have someone who are very close in terms of territory wise, I appreciate obviously Kazakhstan's nowhere near obviously. Is um, Uzbekistan? I mean, they're completely different. They're completely different ethnic groups, aren't they? Ones. Uh, I don't know, but then again, not to stereotype here, but they have got a big is like Muslim community behind them. If you see what I mean, yeah, mm. in traditions and beliefs. It will be a fantastic fight, mate. I love it. Put it in Saudi, but that's it. I love that fight. I that that if he comes through that. Um, Against this guy, mate. This guy's no, as you, your famous words, coach, dude. This is guy's no joke. He took some absolute left and right brilliant boxing punches, and he took them. Nip Nils, he can he can bang. He's a he's a very good boxer. Mm, he did, he did, he, he swallowed him, didn't he? He swallowed him like a big mm-hmm. ass uh, a pill, like Jesus Christ, the, the shit that he was taking. And the body work from Shevket was beautiful as well. I really liked the way he worked Jeff Neal's body. He was good, mate. I, 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 I'm, I'm but, definitely taking note of him. Yeah, it surprised me that the fighting actually gets stopped sooner because he what there's some points where you thought, fucking hell, how the hell is Jeff still standing type of thing? Yep, but again, I think. Like I said, my biggest concern is you'll get put to the lines too soon and you'll get like torn apart, basically. It's not saying he hasn't got the capabilities to go there, but the only reason he's got a lot of hype around him is because of that O after that, after that 17. So actually, take your point here, Father. You say this all the time. Who are the other 17? 17? Yeah. His 17 wins so far, right? Who are they? Yeah, there's not massive names. And that's my concern. Like they're not massive names. It's not as if he's gone through seventeen Justin Gages. Do you know what I mean? That's true. No, no. He got a good win over uh, Neil Magny. That's not. That's not too shabby. Yeah. It's a yeah. Good... Neil Magny's a good wrestler. Yeah. So what we got? Uh, Jeff Neil, Neil Magny, Carsten Harris. Anyone heard of him? Yeah, Carsten is a decent fighter. What about Oliveira? No, not got anywhere near him. So what he's had? Um. Oh, God, yeah, he did beat Oliveira back in... Oh, no, it's Alex Oliveira, so that's a different yeah. different Oliveira. So that was, what, submission in round one. But prior to that, he wasn't in the, he's only been in the UFC for the last three years now. So what's his other fights look like? Let's have a look at his stats then and see what we got here. Um, Oliveira, then we're into, well, again, Kazakhstan, basically, for the rest of it. Russia, Korea, Kazakhstan, and Russia. So... Again, taking your Khabib sort of view on it and being honest here, far no, he's a better than Khabib because he's got an, he's an M1 global world, world weight champion. You know, M1, M1 was, was not too bad. He, he, I mean, yeah, rounds is interesting to people. First four fights, round one finish, round one finish, yeah. round there's two rounds, one round, two. Like, the only one it looks like by looks of things is what the Faradin Odilov from again the Kazakhstan, where it went three rounds and it was at the third minute um, of the third round. The rest of it have all been pretty clear. So that, like I said, I'm not saying the, I'm not discrediting the guy in the slightest bit. Right, he's obviously got a record of it. How legitimate is that 17 based on the fighters he's fought? I don't know. It's not as if he's fought, like I said, I don't know. Like I said, the, 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 Justin Gagey or like Dustin Poirier 17 times. <laughs> 
Yeah, I hear you. No, that's a very good point. But um, I definitely, I'm, I'm a big fan of this one. I'm gonna follow him. I'll be following him for sure. Yeah, more, more wise enough, more than wise to do that. Do you know what I mean? It's not as if it's gonna be, um, not a good show each and every time type thing. But yeah, we shall see with that guy. Uh, it'll be. Yeah. Um, and a quick one um, before we wrap up this edition, uh, gents. I do want to speak about UFC 286 very quickly, though. However possible that may be, welterweight main event: Leon Edwards, Kamara Usman, number two. My God, this is going to be interesting. And also Justin Gaethje and Rafael Fazeev Wolf. I think that one is going to be fireworks. Oh yeah, that's going to be brilliant. I um, Le- oh, I'll, go, I'll let go on this one. Leon Edwards will put him asleep in the first first two rounds. Oh, I don't know about that one. First yeah. two rounds. Yeah, I, t- I explained this to you already. In the foot, when he because he went to sea level, he got suffered in the thing. The first round, he people need to remember that the first round when he fight um, Usman, he was peppering him up till he ran out of that. He said his lungs went. This time's in the UK. He. He slugged him out in round five, and Usman's going to be so cautious. He's going to be very conservative in his movement because he knows this guy can hurt me. And he knew we got battered in the first round. Is is now there's no sea level, there's there's no high altitude, sorry, sickness, nothing like that. This is on sea, this is on ground level, and the confidence now of Edwards is it, it, it will end in the first two rounds. Mm, interesting. What do you think, Professor? Well, I'm going to put a quick shout out here and just say just before I talk about that one is uh, Bo Nickel is another big name to look out for, by the way, people. Do not forget that name. He was yeah. good wrestler. I don't think he'll make it in the game, personally. But well, yeah. I think he had a great debut, by the way. I think that was good. It was okay. Mm-hmm. Mate, John Jones' card debut. Fucking epic. But anyway, um, if I'm honest, Leon Kamaru, fantastic fight. I'll be really interested to see if, I think my doubts has always been with Leon's style. Um, he's out of his head and really do, letting it flow, right? When he flows, awesome. That's where the head kick came from, yeah? When he's a bit stiff and not doing too much and being way too cautious, that's where his problem will come into it. So he'll lose this fight in his head if he wants to, yeah? Where he'll be a bit too tentative. My biggest concern is that some of the biggest wins come from people who have just lost. And Kamaru ain't going to take this lightly. Yeah. No, he's not. He's not. That's for sure. I agree with that. He's not on home turf. Yeah. He knows the fact that even within the UFC that you're going to have the home crowd advantage. Yeah. He's going to come out to booze. Yeah. Knowing what Kamaru's like and his sort of mentality, he's going to like really sort of bathe himself in that negativity and kind of go, right, let's, let's shut all these fuckers up. Yeah. I am the nightmare type thing. Um, so put it like this Leon can't be dealing with pep talks in round five to try and cling it to the last minute. I might eat my words with this, but he needs to come out of that tonight from that get-go yeah yeah that's a very very uh great assessment i i i yeah i bow to that and and i and i agree with you like to also shout out for jack shores on that card as well in the preliminary card so i hope good luck for jack yeah big shout out to jack shore for sure um that's good and then justin gagey raphael for oh my god that's the main event on his own yes that one is gonna be fireworks that could be fight of the year potentially potentially um you know they both come to bring smoke and they're they're both personally i think they're both very 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 crazy violent men 
Mm, definitely. I've seen uh, one of my good fighters that I sponsored been out in Thailand with Raphael as well, where he's been in there blasting the pads and stuff with him. And so, yeah, very good standard when it comes to it. Um, it's going to be interesting coming out of Justin Gagey's camp with obviously with Trevor Whitman, obviously with uh, having his whole team of champions, then having no champions in his team. Mm. Um, how that's going to go down. Because I appreciate Justin doesn't just train. Does he just train purely with Trevor or does he train, uh, I want to say the American top team, I don't know why, but um, yeah, I'll be interested to see what the vibe is in that camp. Not doing anything against Trevor Whitman in the slightest bit, very, very knowledgeable guy, but I imagine it came a little bit deflated having all the champions into no champions all of a sudden in the space mm-hmm. of the Quick predictions for that fight. Quick predictions. I'm picking um, Raphael Fazeev for this fight. I, I think Justin Gaethje should have it on paper, but I think Raphael's the young gun coming up. That's a good point. Very good point. It's a good point. I understand why. Because um, Justin's had a lot of wars and he's, what, 35 nearly now? Delayed. These guys start aging soon. They really will. So who are you picking? Who are you picking? Oh, sorry. I gave my first pick in uh, Leon Edwards, mate. <laughs> No, I'm talking about Justin Gaethje, oh, Raphael. God. Which one? Come on, come on. My my head says Raphael, my heart says Justin. Oh, come on, don't do a Switzerland. We're not at war. Come on. All right, Justin. I, I like Justin. I like Justin. <laughs> and and what do you think, Professor? I'm gonna go with Justin. Justin how about, it is. How about Leon and um, Kamara. Mm. And you, um, Coach Tino. I'm I'm going I'm going for Leon. I'm going for Leon. I think I think Leon's gonna do it. Uh, such a hard question. I want to go for the hometown boy, but I just like if Kamaru has that black mamba mentality, you know what I mean? Like, I'm coming for you, I don't give a fuck. That Michael Jordan esque type feel, yeah. And that's my biggest concern about Leon. Professor, yeah. stop being anti Jamaican now. Come on, <laughs> go with our jams, mate. You know we're great. You know we're great. Come on. I got. I have too many connections to Leon. Probably closer than you do. Like I probably know him closer in person than you do. Well, I put if we put yellow yam and dashin and yellow and banana, we I sure it will understand me and it will understand what to eat. But what I'm saying is, and that's fair enough. But um, that's gonna be tough. Kamara's a good fighter. Let's not all kid ourselves. He's a good fighter and he wants his revenge. And that he'll have his nice sort of legacy to go for as well because he's going away from home which he's not done, actually, going away from home to beat the man who beat the man who beat him. And on British soil, he's going to have 20-odd thousand mental British fans um, vying for his skin, and Leon's on a hype train. It'd be great. It's going to be a great test for Kamara to get back on the board. I'll put a bigger prediction on this. I can see a third fight happening between the pair of them. Ow. Wow. A trilogy, a trilogy would be nice, but um, let, let's see how number trilogy. two goes. <laughs> this is the trilogy. Oh, okay, for the quadruple, then like, ignore the first ones. That didn't really happen. Let's be real. That's two breaks two novice at that point. But yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah, fair point. Yeah, yeah, that is a fair point. Technically, it is. And gentlemen, I think you know, uh, as Father Christmas would say on Christmas Eve, we need to because uh, it's International Women's Week. We haven't mentioned a women's event, which is a flyweight. Joanna, Joanna Wood against Luana Carolina. Got... Uh, the, yeah, so yeah, we've got that Scottish that got that Scottish lady, which is very good. She's coming from Muay Thai background. Yeah, you're rightfully so. That is rightfully so. Mm. And what's your thoughts on that? You got some thoughts on that as you brought it up, Farmer? No, I just want just don't want to leave the women out. That was all. This is a very, very close fight. And I'm gonna go Carolina. Mm. 
I would agree with that just because Joanna Wood has lost to some, well, she lost to Alexa. Uh, she also lost to Talia Santos, who have both gave, obviously, Shevchenko trouble. Um, so, but at the same time, she's up and coming. Um, oh, she she's 37 years of age, too old. Yeah, I'm going for Carolina as well. I like her. I mean, style. even though I, I do like Joanna um, Wood, I do like her, you know, her fight. I just, yeah. I just had to mention the women International Week, ladies. I'm yeah. Uh, and why not? Why we not? Love your wives, we love your girlfriends. Okay, so it's not. I don't want to leave you guys out. Okay. Yeah, and to, and to all the women out there, you know, it doesn't give you permission to choke out your your loved one while he's sleeping. You know, they might like that, Coach. Do you never know? Well, well, you got a fair point there, mate. You got a fair point. So long as safe words are used, always play safe. And and based on that, um, yeah, like like Father Christmas on uh, Christmas Eve, it's a wrap. It is a wrap, and that is great. I mean, we covered a lot of ground, gentlemen, and it's always a pleasure to have both of you on board. It's been a while since I've had the pleasure of your both of your sultry tones and your insights because they're they're so. They're so different and they're so unique and they're filled with content. And, I, and I'm a firm believer that anyone that listens to us speak, I think they get a, a, a good spectrum of different input. And that's the whole point. We do this for the, for the listeners that like the sweet science of boxing and the brutal strategy of MMA. Um, Professor, lovely having you back on. Hope you don't leave it too long for when you come back on again. I do not plan to, Coach T. It's all about timings and stuff. I'm very man with many projects going on but i've always got a spare moment for you guys that is for certain so that's a beautiful and, and we, we both appreciate that man that's a, that's a blessing um farmer always a pleasure having you on great insights thank you it's been an absolute pleasure and i've really enjoyed this one and thank you very much professor to rejoin us and thank you coach t for hosting as always you uh put a lot of work and effort and remember viewers we're just three guys we're not experts we a lot to say we just like a pint and a couple of pork, pork scratches, a pack of crisps. That's all it is. Another yarn. And there you go. And there you go. This has been um, episode five, season three. That choke is not funny. And it wasn't funny for uh, the three main fights on the UFC card. All submissions. People got choked the fuck out. And we're not talking about some sadomasochist type of um, as your climax and you want to get choked out. This was some real shit, serious. People put their lives on the line for our entertainment and it was fucking entertaining. I've been your host, Coach T. This is Punch Touch Podcast. And remember, 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 check out the new line of clothing that we have wear how you feel instead of wearing some uh, some other person's surname and whatnot that could be fine there's nothing wrong with that but why not wear something that's bespoke to your personality your attitude something that gets people thought-provoking because what you're wearing is so goddamn powerful check out secrettouchclothing.com that's secrettouchclothing.com for all your essential needs of clothing that inspire you and others be strong, be true, just be you. Peace.